life, we make all kinds of connections, from our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourselves? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with hosts Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis. It's time to consider the possibilities. Good evening and welcome to Things Worth Considering. We're a weekly talk show and this week we're actually wrapping up Pride Month. Uh, This is the last week of Pride Month uh, throughout most of the major cities in North America. Uh, We're going to be discussing the importance of Pride celebrations as well as the necessity for its ongoing presence. I am your host, Gord Riddell, and I am here with my co-host, our very accomplished naturopathic doctor, Dr. Alexia Georgiousis. Hello, darling. Hello, Gord. How are you? I'm well. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm okay. Good. Uh, we are live. If you'd like to join in on our conversation, uh, please feel free to do so. Um, in fact, it's a free call. It's toll-free from anywhere in North America at 1-888-346-9141. Now, before we move forward, um, we are in Canada. It's really important for us to acknowledge the discovery of 751 unmarked graves in Saskatchewan today. That's in addition to 215 unmarked graves that were found in British Columbia last week. These are not mass graves. They're simply unmarked graves. Um, They're found on residential school properties, which Indigenous children were forced to go to. One of our more disgusting um, uh, pieces of our Canadian history. In other words, it was a cultural uh, genocide. The organizations that ran these schools need to release all the documents in order to properly identify and commemorate those that have passed on. Um, To date, the missionary oblates of Mary Immaculate, who ran both residential schools currently in question, uh, have refused to surrender their documents to the authorities or to the indigenous families so horribly affected by this period of Canadian history. I thought it was very important that we acknowledge. um, It's very important. Something so awful. Really Absolutely. Is, really is. The 251, you know, the 250 uh, the first time was such a shock. This one's even, I mean, 751 is staggering. Yeah. Just staggering. It's so. Um, yeah, it's unbelievable. It, it's beyond. And they've only just begun. Well, and that's just, I keep thinking that there's there going to just be continual discoveries. Yeah. yeah. And hopefully healing but this is just uh, i'm shocked that the uh, lack of cooperation with this uh, religious organization that will not yeah it's unbelievable um ontario has actually put up 10 million dollars to assist in doing the the you know uh the surface uh, x-raying that they're doing to be able to find these so um but these are kids that died that never came home that yeah. you know but these were also kids that were forced to go. Absolutely. Um, the parents would go to jail if they didn't yeah. send the kids. Yeah. It's disgusting. Yeah. Anyways, um, so we're at Pride. We're at the end of Pride. Happy Pride, everyone. Um, yes. I know that was a downer to start on, but that's today's news. We important. Very important. Um, so where does Pride begin? Um, well, you know, historically, it's attributed to the Stonewall riots on the last weekend in June of 1969. Uh, and that's when the police tried to raid the Stonewall Tavern in New York City, um, as it happened many times before, except that this time they weren't willing to be harassed and arrested um, for being in a known gay bar. Um, and they fought back. Um, 
Something that is overlooked in this history is that three years earlier in San Francisco at the Compton's Cafe in San Francisco, a place known for gay and transsexual people to hang out, um, especially trans people, um, they too fought back when the police came to harass and arrest. And that began the changes which would eventually liberalize, uh, liberalize uh, San Francisco. Um, so they deserve to be included as part of this timeline. I think. Yeah, I've, I've never heard of that about the uh, San Francisco group. And yeah. also it was, it was three years prior. And it was three years prior. Oh, it was in 1966. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, interestingly, the Stonewall riots um, took place the day after Prime Minister Pierre Elliott Trudeau, daddy, um, his liberal <laughs> government passed a law de decriminalizing homosexual acts between consenting adults. And it's when he issued his famous line, there's no place for the state in the bedrooms of the nation. Such and a wise... It was in 1969. Wow. However, it would be until 1973 that the American Psychiatric Association removed homosexuality from the DSM-3, mm -hmm. which is like the Bible basically, for mental illness and disorders, um, and no longer deemed it to be a mental disorder. Uh, it had only actually lasted for 21 years because it was only included in 1952. Oh, isn't that strange? Yeah, someone was having a bad day and said, hey, let's put the homos in here. Uh, <laughs> but 21 years later, it was taken out. Hmm. Now, the, the other sort of big uh, you know, statistical classification is the International... Um, uh, Statistical Classification of Diseases and Related Health, uh, the ICD, published by the World Health Organization, and they removed it in 1990, um, but they'd only added it in 1977. Now that is, that is that is so bizarre. It's not. You know, let me let me say yeah, why. Yeah. I don't want to defend anybody, but no, the World Health Organization is subject to politically funding from many, many uh, uh, nations and religions. And that poses, I think, uh, undue pressure on them. You know? Unfortunate, um, because then they become puppets, right? Well, and that has been accused, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, definitely. So it was removed, but it only lasted for 13 years. So 1990, uh, it went in, and, uh, uh, or they, and they, didn't, they only added it in 1977. It came out in 1990, so... It only had 13 years to run with it. In Canada, Toronto, in 1981, 200 police officers raided four bathhouses. They arrested 300 men that night and mm. charged them with being found-ins, which is one of the common, common uh, uh, law here, um, to be found-ins in a common body house. Mm. Body spelled B-A-W-D-Y. Right. Uh, 20 additional people were also charged with running common body house. Now, news began to spread throughout the bars that this was taking place, and the bars emptied, and people jumped into the street, and a mass protest ensued, and a mass protest ensued the next night as well. And that's kind of Toronto's turning point. If Stonewall was New York's turning point, that was Toronto's turning point. Right. We had some gay pride stuff happening, but uh, though the bathhouse raids, um, Operation Soap is what it was called, um, their, their undercover thing. Montreal had been mm -hmm. raided for years. Um, their bathhouses and their bars. Um, it was quite, quite outright harassment, uh, to the point of actually saying that it was more of a military than a police operation. However, very quickly, Quebec was the first province to enshrine in its human rights code the sexual orientation would be a protected category. 
And, and that Amazing. was, you know, Quebec. Quebec has been really a front runner, believe it or not, in all of. Yeah, all that's of, that also is very surprising for the history. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, then Ontario, and then Canada enshrined them into our human various human rights codes. And it was just in 2012 the transsexuals were finally included in the Ontario Human Rights Code. They finally recognized they they needed some special treatment, so they they were actually the last category to be added. Mm. Um, so why pride? Um, well, I think well, it's a celebration. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's a huge celebration. In fact, it's become such a party. <laughs> a well, million people show up in downtown yes. Toronto, uh, which is like pretty staggering. And it doesn't matter what your sexual orientation is. It's anybody and everybody. No, I think that, you know, it's the freedom, it's the acknowledgement, and it's the safety. I mean, I'm not a big person for crowds, no, no, but I feel that the, the, the I'll stand on the side here and watch. Or, right, right, right. Rooftop right. and look down. Yeah. I don't want to be and, and, down. and the, the, you know, the statement and the people that worked so hard to create this and organize it and, you know, city. to have it exactly all over the world, right, wherever they can. Yep. And this idea of recognition and, instead of the stigma of shame, I think is uh, really huge. Uh, absolutely, because the stigma and the shame is probably the biggest stumbling blocks to people, you know, embracing who they are. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of people living lies because of the fear of that stigma. Um, and, you know, lying to themselves, lying to their relationships, their families. Um, and it's, it's very sad. Um, it's not unusual to see women come out much later in life after they've had their children. Um, Mm-hmm. And, and a prime example of that is the former Ontario premier, uh, Kathleen Wynne. Um, she would be there. She would be there with her partner. Uh, apparently, her husband lived just around the corner, um, so that they, her former husband, so that they could actually share raising the children. Um, but really, know, yeah, yeah. I just, okay. I just think that's kind of fun. Yeah, I didn't they, know that. They just take up this whole corner, you know. Yeah. Um, but he was very active in his children's ra- being raised. And, and, of course, so she with her, her partner, I'm not sure if they were married or not, uh, right. which is allowed in Canada, surprisingly. Uh, Canada is very progressively far ahead. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute. It's out of the U.S. Um, but uh, I think that, you know, the, the women, women will do that, whereas men are more likely. It's just an even bigger secret. The stigma is even bigger. You know? Yes. The, yeah. the, I think the worst thing that a man can experience is shame, public shame. Women somehow or other manage to keep their heads up. Men, men don't. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think that, I, I mean, I'm biased because I think uh, that there's a, you know, in terms of being a woman, but the, maybe the resiliency that's there or the, the uh, I want to, and that's not a, a competitive statement. It's more a sense no. of, I think women are used to being, sort of stigmatized in certain ways. Yeah, they are. And, yeah. and uh, I mean, it's just part of the, you know, the culture that hopefully it's shifting. But I, I think that also maybe it's to do with the fact that a men um, generally, very generally, aren't, don't really have people to talk to about it. Oh, You know, they don't know who yeah. to share, Absolutely. like to say, who, who, how are they going to say this to someone? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm just guessing. 
you know. No, no, I think you're, I think you're bang on, you know, uh, because anything that would make you appear to be unmasculine, therefore, you know, risks being shamed, which risks the stigma, and that, that carries probably the most amount of weight of anything. So I don't, yeah. think, I don't think you're out of, out of whack here at all, what you're saying. Yeah, and part of it is I've seen and witnessed, uh, you know, people within the family where it's fine if someone outside of their family is gay, but not within the family. So it's different oh God, if yes. suddenly, oh, it's my sister or my brother or, you know, my cousin, but especially if it's the kind of sister-brother. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I think that that's really challenging for a lot of people still. Um, I would say it is. Um, it's kind of like, well, guilt by association. Well, if your brother is, you must be. Or you at least must think about it, you know, or, or those kinds of things. You know, it's like, it's just so dumb. Um, the, the idea that because one it's, is, you know, it's like my one brother's got diabetes. Does that mean I have diabetes? Of course not. You know, like, it's yeah. kind of that correlation to me, you know. Yeah, and I, yeah. And I, I, the disease. I mean, you know, well, my one brother's really smart. That doesn't make me smart. Right. Well, and I think it's that aspect of shame, like what did the parents do or what did the family do to create this? And not only that, again, it puts the person who in the family, if they don't feel, you know, we all choose family, right? We have our blood relatives and then we have our, our chosen family as well. But it's the aspect of, let's say you have a, a very close sibling and you, you want to share with them what's happening. And then that sibling says, what? No, 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 that's not okay. Right. So, okay? you know, then where they, sorry, what's interesting, yeah, when, then, then what people, what people do. Sorry, Gordon, I, I've stepped yeah, yeah, over you yeah, too. What people do. Um, how do people t learn this though? So if a child, how does a five-year-old know that he can say, oh yeah, Susie in my kindergarten class is really cute, you know, but can't say, yeah, well, I think Bobby's cuter. What? How does that five-year-old know that? You know, are there spoken rules? Are there rules posted somewhere in the bathroom that says do not do the following? You know, um, but somehow or other, those are the rules that are so unspoken, but yet they're so understood. Mm -hmm. You know? Oh, yeah, they're inferred. They're, 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 you know, always sort of presented, whether it's through advertising or, you know, movies or... Um, television shows, programs that, that and it, you know, we, we can see that there's slow changes, but there's a tremendous amount of resistance still. And again, we, I feel always we have to look at the bigger picture and realize that there are people that we are never going to change their minds. We do not have that capacity. No, and we don't. We don't. We don't. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it's 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 how do you allow someone their opinion as long as it's not going to harm someone else, or right. limit someone else for their own freedoms. Well, yeah, and then we get into the whole thing, you know, of the confirmation biases of surrounding ourselves with people who support what we think we believe, without right. learning anything about what we think we believe. If that made sense, hopefully, it's a good riddle that one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> who's going to win? You know. Um, so, you know, the, 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 the whole family piece I'll pick up in a minute. Um, I think that Pride is also continues to be a political event. Um, that, the, you know, our communities just aren't there yet. 
you know, the LGBTQ. Actually, it is now double S or two S. Yes, two-spirited, yes. Yeah, at the beginning. It used to be at the end. But it Ah. has moved forward um, Ah. uh, in recognition of indigenous people. So it's two S LGBTQI plus. Okay. Gay, lesbian, bisexual, Mm -hmm. transsexual, um, queer, intersexed. Okay. Yes. That should wrap up kind of most I, <laughs> most of the variations fall under plus, okay? Um, so, um, you know, uh, although Canada has been to the forefront of gay rights, you know, um, and protecting those rights is not um, true internationally. You know, Russia no. Um, no. under Putin has made homosexuality illegal after years of it being legal. Same thing happened in Germany with... Berlin was a huge gay center in the 30s. And then Hitler Mm. came into power and shut them down, you know. Um, The United States has yet to enact anything at a federal level that enshrines people's rights to be who they are. Uh, State-by-state basis, there was some progress. However, over the last couple of years, there's a lot of states that are introducing legislation that throws, you know, gay rights back 20 or more years, if they even had them, you know. However, at this point... It is our right to take a break. And we're going to take the rights to be back in two minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll-free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. Tune in each week for the power of young people to change the world. Hosted by NYLC's CEO, Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. 
Um, just as a reminder, you can also give us a call if you would like to get in on the conversation at one 346 9141 It is toll-free from anywhere in North America. So um, is pride still relevant? Um, you know, I think pride's incredibly relevant today. I mean, it's become a giant party. You know, we said a million people in Toronto. I've been to one in New York. That was like, oh, my God. Um, just the sheer numbers of people, you know, that are along these parade routes, you know, are, are staggering. Um, I think that, you know, uh, this is the second year in a row, unfortunately, that Toronto has canceled it. Um, there's been lots of online stuff. But... Um, you know, everyone and everybody comes out to it. It doesn't matter, you know, straight, gay, whatever your gender is, if you're straight, gay, in between, or just confused. It's just a place for people to be healthy and, as you said, to be safe. Um, I think that the people who have fought so hard to bring us to this place, mm-hmm. you know, are the people that sometimes get forgotten in, 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 the, in the celebration of where we yes. are. We forget who some of the well, I don't want to say pioneers, but sort of some of the earlier uh, people that really did, you know, uh, tooth and nail fought so, so hard. And I, I haven't really mentioned much about HIV. And d- during this time, we have the first HIV beginning to show up in, mm-hmm. you know, 81, 82. It was the 80s, early 80s, right? Yeah. In the early 80s, you know, and it would be through until 1996 that we finally had the cocktail an awful lot of people died. Absolutely. And it was a community that worked together, and especially the women's community, that worked very, very hard in a group called ACT UP that hmm. moved so hard to, to, to accelerate getting these cocktails. Rather than taking 10 or 15 years to trial something, it was to get them in people faster. Hmm. And uh, they're very instrumental. Women, the women were very instrumental in Toronto in raising That's interesting. Time. Uh, I didn't know and, that. Casey House. Yeah, they were very, very instrumental. Um, so I have to give them uh, a lot of applause on that one as well. So there's the pioneers who fought for rights and the pioneers who fought for our right to be alive during the whole HIV pandemic, which is not over. Um, we should, we, well, I'm talking about women here, we should include women. The first dyke march. Do you want to mm-hmm. talk about them? What do you know about them? I don't know that much about it, to be honest. I really don't. I mean, you know, I looked up some historical facts. Tell but us when I moved facts. to Toronto in 1995, but, you know, some of the, um, looks like the history, the first, you know, lesbian pride march in North America was in Vancouver in 1981. And about 200 lesbians were attending. And then October 81, 350 women participated in something uh, basically called Dykes in the Streets, a march in Toronto. And what's interesting is that there was a sense of, rather than it be a parade, that it wasn't, I don't. I wouldn't say it was more politically um, motivated, but it was more of a statement around safety and awareness and just giving women more of a presence. And um, then officially, uh, I think that there was one the the name of the Dyke March, which is kind of interesting because the I was I was reading a little bit about the word Dyke, and apparently it's quite derogatory. So it's considered to be derogatory depending on who is saying it who's saying and, it. It's and like who's the word identifying queer. with it. Yeah, it's like the word yeah, exactly. Queer. Yeah. So it's sort of interesting that the, this march is called a Dyke March, but the first ever one was 1993 in April, held in Washington D.C. 
And it was more than 20,000 women participating, which wow. is huge. Yeah. And then it basically kept growing into various planned events. And then, um, then in uh, the first Saturday, June 29th, 1996, Toronto's first dike march began. And attendees were encouraged. And it was the two people that are credited with this who basically stressed um, that it was more of a, a march rather than a parade were uh, Leisha, I don't have my glasses on, uh, <laughs> I want to say Leisha van der Beige and Lisa Hayes, and I'm really sorry for not pronouncing their names correctly that I cannot see. There we go. So van der Beige and Lisa Hayes approached the Pride Committee. So they wanted to increase the visibility, and they're the ones who were behind it. The June 29, 1996 event, uh, basically Toronto police refused to close the streets for the march because they didn't believe enough people would participate. And they were even told that they just, you know, would have to march on the sidewalk if fewer than 100 people showed up. But about 1,500 women took part in the first march, and then it's only grown since then. So it's really quite an amazing history. That's on the Saturday, and then the culmination. Yes, Saturday before the the Sunday big event, yeah. Yeah, a huge, huge event. Uh, And it's way more than 1,500 people. (laughs) Oh, way more. Women. Way more. And, and, you know, more, a lot of people also, you know, who aren't women march with their friends. Yes. In support of, you know, the women's yes. rights. So yes. Yes. I, I always. But they also I, march on, in the gay parade on Sunday. Exactly. And I yeah. love the, it's, you know, the P flag, right? In terms of the, the families, which, which join, it's always right. so touching to see these parents. And it's so beautiful to see that. You know, it really, it really is, and they have done such tremendous work um, over the years of, you know, taking the shame out of having a gay child. You know, like yeah. where does this idea even come from? You know, that instead of being blessed with a child to be shamed because of who they want to love, you know, P Flag is really it's a it's an international organization it's throughout the states, it's throughout Canada, and it's parents of of uh, lesbian and gays. Uh, our children um, and it has always been yes it's always been very moving families unfortunately around this can be incredibly destructive mm-hmm. um, yes you know a lot of our street youth are uh, in the street simply because their parents could not have a gay child mm-hmm. they just simply do not embrace it you right. know um, they don't accept it and you know it's a it's it's something, there's such a deep rejection where I think someone's lens of fear completely obliterates the awareness that this is a human being and this is yeah, a life force. Yeah, I think the, the that, lens of what will people think is yeah, probably it's, it's, a bigger one. And reflection on the self because that's, that's what I mean. That, yeah, that, that it's sense. It's very of, narcissistic. It's very, very, you know, very image oriented. So, so destructive. Um, I live in downtown Toronto, and we have a lot, a lot of kids on the street. The pandemic has, has caused a lot of homelessness, and, and we're really seeing these young kids. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is that they then get caught up in working in the sex trade to make money. That's really yeah. easy. That buys them drugs so they can continue to work in something like the right. sex trade. They, they're not there because they want to be. Of course. You know, of course. They're, they're trying to stay alive. Exactly. You know, when you look at, you know, the, the medical community says it's normal and it's healthy. Um, the political environments in most places, 
It's certainly here, and they're endeavoring to protect, you know, gay people. Education teaches it. It's a normal expression of sex on a continuum. Um, so that leaves really think, two places here. Huh? Yeah, and, and I, I think that even though that's there, that's, you know, fine and well, but depending on where you go, where in the sure. city or outside of the city, oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah, Toronto, yeah. Yeah. so it doesn't matter where you go, you know, rurally, and, and again, it really varies on the people. It's there's there's yeah. so much around. Yes, it's it's written, but not necessarily um, people believe it or take it to heart. And yeah, and I guess what I'm saying that I'm I'm just saying that the structural supports are there, but they're not they're not yeah. uh, uh, making a, a, any sort of a headway, you know, no. into 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 changing some of these attitudes. So, <laughs> excuse me, there's really only two places. One is the family, which we just talked about, and the other one then becomes religion. You know, and and certainly in in the U.S., that's it's bigger there than it is here. I mean, it is a, founded by the Puritans, um, and they just teach that it's wrong, and it's in the Bible. That's all. It, you know, that sort of is about as much justification. So, you know, my argument is, if you're going to enforce that law about same-sex coupling, then women who are on their periods needs to be moved out of the house for a week. That is also a law until they enter the next phase of their cycle. In other words, while they're bleeding, they're going yes. to be unpure. You must remove them from the house. Where, where is that a law? Because I know that is in some churches for it's sure. It's in Leviticus. Women... It's in Leviticus. It's in the, it's in, it's, all of this is in the Old Testament. Oh, wow. The, the laws that they say, you know, a man shall not lie with another man. Um, mm-hmm. Dietary laws. Um, all of them come out of Leviticus, tail end of Gemini, or Gemini, uh, Genesis, going on into Leviticus, Deuteronomy. Those are sort of the major places where you find all the laws being laid out, okay? Mm. So, you know, the idea that a woman then, when she enters, you know, sort of the, the, the bleeding portion of her period, um, then she needs to be moved out until she enters the next phase of her cycle. Well, you know what? You can't pick and choose these laws, and that's what they're doing. It's either no. you either apply all the laws, okay, ladies, out the house tonight, or you know we realize that they were written for another place and another time, and that the world changes. It's supposed and to. And, and also written by whom? Like that we by we know men. that there's exactly. So all by of men. these things that are. You know, oh, and a woman isn't pure and clean enough to go to church. Um, I I don't know enough about the um, indigenous cultures around you know what their beliefs were, but I know it's typically a very powerful time yes, in terms yeah, yeah, of being yeah. able to dream, and it is a powerful time, especially yeah. with the connection to creation and you know creativity and earth. Full moon, exactly. by the way, happy full moon. Yes, I know tonight. Happy full moon tonight. Yes. yes, it is. Strawberry Moon, I think it is, right? It is a strawberry I don't know what that moon. means. <laughs> the strawberry Sounds strawberry. good. Yeah, but no, but, you're right. Um, in some cultures, it is a very powerful place. In another, uh, you know, that's what I said. This was written in another time, in another place, that the world has changed. Where well, and that's such a good changed. point, Gord, because when you take something that is written so long ago, let alone, you know, whatever was happening back then, and the, the credibility of it, but then trying to make it, insert it into our society now, it just, 
you just can't. And the, and going back to your point around with the U.S. The, the going backwards, and that to me is that sort of reversion into the clinging, the sense of no, I don't want to evolve. No, I don't want to change. And I don't want to learn something new or be open and expand my sense of self because I feel really good with what you know I know in my little world. My Not to force anybody, was, but it's yeah, you know it's consciousness, right? Very comfortable. My yeah. status quo is very comfortable. Exactly. You don't grow when you, as long as you're comfortable. It's, it's when we're willing to risk being uncomfortable that we risk, you know, growing and changing. You know, yeah. evolution it cannot be an easy thing to go through. You know, nope. uh, if you look at from us evolving, uh, assuming you believe in that, uh, up through you know uh, the Neanderthal to to where we're at today, a lot of changes. You know, and some of them weren't weren't you know very comfortable at all. So, you know, I mean, really, my 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 point to for me, uh, who has studied pretty extensively in the in the area of theology, um, is that you either apply it all or you don't apply just because it suits your argument. Right. You know, or it's very conditional. Uh, yeah, it's very very conditional. You know, mm -hmm. and again, you know, it's it's supporting. You know, the laws that they're choosing are supporting simply their own personal biases. You know? Yes. There is still, to this day, as a result of this, hatred. You know, Oh, so much was, hatred. Two weeks ago, there was a gay bashing on Toronto Islands. Um, yes. The man needed to be hospitalized, and I applaud him for not hiding who he was. But, but putting his, his identity out there. Um, he, he was hospitalized... He needs facial reconstruction. Two people have been arrested. Um, and so what, what was accomplished here? Like two heterosexual straight guys beat up a gay man. What, it makes them more heterosexual? You know, all it proved was that they're hate-filled assholes. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. really, I mean, yes. did anybody say, good work, dude? <laughs> you know? No. What, what did happen is, is that the gay community... From what I read, uh, did like an immediate crowdfunding and raised tens of thousands of dollars for this guy's facial reconstruction. Because it's going to be like nose, it's going to be multiple surgeries, you know. So, you know, I mean, what stops people from coming out is something like this because of the stigma that I'm going to walk down the street and someone's going to point at me and go, he must be gay. Mm -hmm. Really? How did they tell that, you know? This is like a, a guy walking in, you know, from in the park on, over on the islands, you know. And, and the shame that continues to be placed on those that identify as anything other than what the majority of society is at that time, which is why it's now called heteronormative. Right. You know, the same is true for racism. The same is true for religious differences, such as the week before the yes. Muslim family. The murder. Yeah. Down by, yeah. They were murdered. Absolutely. By a truck, uh, four, uh, three generations, four people. You know, hate hate is still hate. It doesn't change anything by hating others that are different from ourselves. We rob ourselves. You know, I just think it, it just puts us in such a small, narrow space. Absolutely, Gord. It's a narrow space, and it becomes such a um, construct of an ego's safety that. It's a sense that somehow this impulsive action will keep me safe. And it, would, it just has to be 
fed in terms of repeated to validate whatever that fear is. But again, it goes back to this sense of how do we keep supporting people and helping people even with their ignorance and also preventing these kind of hate crimes and these attacks that are just because someone doesn't look like you, just because they don't have the same color or the hair or they dress really differently with all sorts of whatever it is, glitter on them. And, <laughs> but, you know, it's like, sometimes I see, you know, if I see someone wearing amazing heels, regardless of their gender, I'm like, wow, they can Look pull those heels. off. Really? Exactly. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. But yeah, but I mean, it, it, you know, it's absolutely true that, you know, difference should not bring up hatred. You know, what happened to the words of curiosity? You know, of, they're gone. Of curiosity, awe. If I ever stopped being curious, I think I'd be dead. You know? Oh, well, curiosity in terms of science, in terms of anything. But when yeah, there's absolutely. so much, you know, that's our the inventors, other. Thank God for them, our researchers. Well, exactly. So, so this to me speaks back to again our, you know, as we continue to move <laughs> through this <laughs> pandemic and move into a place of hopefully more awareness that we can actually start to recognize that we need to learn differently and the skills that are being taught need to be reinforced around awareness and curiosity. What does that mean? And on that note, we're gonna take a break and we'll be back in two minutes. America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic healthcare, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. Tune in for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. 
VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back. And you are listening to Things Worth Considering. And we are talking about and doing our own little way of celebrating pride by acknowledging it. Um, actually, it's been running for a month. This is the last weekend. This is traditionally when in Toronto we would have had the Dyke March on Saturday. I uh, believe actually Friday night would have been the Tranny March. And on, on uh, Sunday, everybody comes together and fills downtown with a giant parade that lasts for hours and hours and hours. But it's just way too much fun not to go too close to it. I have a couple of places I can watch it that I don't have to put up with like thousands of people because I don't, I'm like you, I don't like being yeah. stuck in the middle of tons and tons of people. Yeah. So it attracts, you know, people who are, you know, whatever they are, you know, however they, they identify, even if they don't identify, they're, you know, asexual, demisexual. Um, and I think that, you know, pride it's really important for pride to help us to keep in mind the importance of sexual expression in our life. You know, um, our world is full of fear around being sexual. It's filled with shame. People feel badly about, you know, what their bodies look like. Oh my, you know, nobody wants to date me. My body's not pretty enough. It's like, where are, well, we know where we're getting it. It's from, from, you know, media, it's all the crap. It's it's the the uh, romanticization, uh, and that's probably mispronounced a little bit, but it's romanticized what love is supposed to look like, what a perfect couple is supposed to look like. Well, and Gord, that's such an important point because I think what you've touched on is this aspect of what does sexuality actually mean, and how is it a part of us in terms of our our way of being. And also, you know, in Pride, there's tremendous creativity. There's color and there's music and there's dance and there's oh, art. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's incredible. So <laughs> and, and, and it's also and for some people very oh shocking, God. right? It can be like, oh, my God, what is this? Yeah. So, again, it's, it's really seeing that we, as you said, we, we really haven't learned how to embrace what it means to be both sensual and sexual, I think. No. That, that this is... This is an important aspect of of a human being, but you know how do it's you? Not acknowledged. It's not no, acknowledged. it's not acknowledged. I mean, the Catholic and it's not, Church, and it's a really great source of. It's also a source of power. I think it's um, what's the author? The author's name? I think he wrote. Oh, I can't remember. I'm going to say it was maybe the Seven Habits of Highly Successful People, or oh, yeah, it could yeah, be something yeah. else. I forget his name. Yeah, yeah. Covey, maybe it's Covey, but yeah, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. not so don't quote me on that one, Stephen anyone. Covey. So I don't. Yeah, I don't, but I don't know if this is the right book that I'm referring to. Okay, but there's a there's a, a book that's like that that talks about sort of the hidden power of sexuality and how this is you know can be channeled in terms of an energy and and a and a an awareness force an awareness piece because it's it's very connected to vitality and vibrancy. Absolutely, and it it it's doesn't tied mean into recreation. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Recreation or recreation. It's the same spell. Good one. Uh, Really? You know? Good one. We're we're one of the only animals outside of dolphins, I believe, 
that actually has sex for fun. Oh, I had no idea. We don't we don't wait for women to go into heat and that you know <laughs> kind of thing and it only happens once a year. We wait around for them. You know, and then you go in there and you have to fight everybody else off to see if you're going to be the one that gets to, you know, reproduce right, with right. them or not, get your progeny right, up and running. Right. You know, uh, so clearly it, has, it, it, it serves to be a really important element in our life. I think that you said an important piece, and that is that it's an energy. And if, if we ignore that part of us, then that energy, like everywhere else, it becomes blocked and Definitely. energy makes you ill. It makes you ill physically. Definitely. It makes you mm-hmm. ill mentally, emotionally, mm-hmm. or spiritually. So I think when we talk about mind, body, and spirit, or you want to talk about body, emotional energy, mental energy, intellect, spiritual energy, you really need to put sexual in there. I think those are the yeah. five key energies that need to be acknowledged in the human body. Yeah. Oh yeah, it makes total sense, and, and it's 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 that awareness because tr- people have a lot of shame around you know even even speaking about sexuality or or just oh. you know recognizing am I a sexual person, and yeah. the image of what a sexual person means is also you know such a spectrum, and again a lot of I think in some ways some judgment around it around oh this is you know you ha- if, if you're a sexual person you're oversexed. And I don't think that that's the case. It's highly individualized, right? Oh, totally, totally. You know, just because someone is a foodie doesn't make them have a food addiction. Right. You know? Um, Good one, yeah. Because they really like it. You know, they like the flavors. They like the texture. They like the whole, you know, creative bringing it together. I could say the same thing about sex. Why not? Well, you're absolutely right. Why not? Because it's joy, and it's 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 a it's a celebration, and I think that this is where somehow that's taboo. But with you know pride, what it does is it enhances it this taboo? aspect of. Sorry. Who made it taboo? Right. I don't have a well, thing for we the can church. go back to the church back tonight. then. <laughs> <laughs> I just have it for tonight. Um, you know, but it does. It goes back again to the church. For you sure, know? it does. Like Absolutely. The, the Catholic Church of being only the Roman rite, not the Eastern rite of the Catholic Church, but the Roman mm. rite, is, is all about chastity, celibacy, yeah. you know. And they well, my understanding of that, that was, that was financially rooted so that they, it was a sense of not having to pay for a house right. with a family. <laughs> and, you know, that's yeah. what I heard. Well, absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's so that they would be able to maintain everything that was given to them, and some, you know, divorced woman is not going to take off right. uh, with with the church or, or or funds or whatever because she divorced uh, the priest. So I think somehow or other, the Eastern Rite figured out how to work with this. You don't hear the Eastern Rite has been robbed by a divorcee, you know, who created no. sort of a, a big lawsuit or something. It's like no. this is craziness, you know. Um, Years ago, fine, but that's no longer the way. I think that the men and women, uh, it's just such a disservice because it is any, any energy, you know, if you're really, really angry and you're going to pretend you're not, what's going to happen to the anger? It's going oh, to come out sideways. S- sideways or stuck in the body. Or stuck in the body. It starts to be somatized. Somatized, is that a word? Either with yourself yeah. doing self-harm stuff you know, addictions, over drinking, whatever, or you you slam the door. What's wrong? Nothing. 
you know, sort of that, that passive aggressiveness, you know. Passive aggressive, blood pressure issues, all sorts of illnesses. Oh, when, yeah. You know, when Cardiac. this... Exactly. When, yeah. when emotion is stuck and it, it's energy, which includes also a sexual tension because it's, you know, it's a release, it's connection, it's also very natural. It's part of who we are. It's not like, oh, you just, you know, cut that piece off, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of the most important ways that we actually connect to other humans, consensually. And that really needs to yes, be... Yes, consensually, for sure. And to ourselves, you know, and to ourselves in a way that is like, oh, I, I you know, I'm, have this, I'm a human being in this physical body with the sensations of all sorts. And I think there's, you know, there's lots of layers here that we're kind of touching on because I feel that as with anything, you can develop addictions, just like, yeah. you know, addiction to whatever it is when it's not from a conscious place and a place of awareness, right? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I'm not I shouldn't say awareness, more, more a sense of, usually it's a sense of it's, it's feeding something. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's meeting. It's meeting needs that aren't being met elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, or this is a way that I feel better, right? Because I don't know how to feel better when I'm not sexualizing, for instance. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, but that comes with awareness, is it, and that is then what is it that you really need to have, you know, uh, uh, taken care of? And it's yeah. probably intimacy. It's probably closeness. You know, the very oh, thing yeah. that so many people run from. You know, the avoidant, all the avoidance uh, that are like, oh, too close. And then we have all the abandonment people, you know, the insecure uh, mm -hmm. attachments that are like, no, no, love me, love me. No, right. you're too close. I, I, need, right. I need my own space. And then they go, really? Screw you. And they walk away. What's going to happen? That avoidant person is going to become immediately so abandoned. They're going to go chasing after the person they just basically said, Get back, get away. No, 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 too close. It totally reverses itself. You know, mm -hmm. it's sort of a, a great book. It's not very long. It's Harriet Lerner's book called The Dance of Intimacy. Mm. You know, it's like two, three steps in, one step out. And then the moment they step out, that other person now takes on their role. We, mm -hmm. we switch over that now the, the engulfment person is now feeling abandoned. So fascinating. It is very fascinating. And they'll go running after, you know, and, and either that person says, well, okay, uh, you know, and, and men are more likely traditionally, generally, um, to be abandoned or to be engulfment people. Mm. And underneath the engulfment is what? Abandonment. So both people yeah. are, it's, we, just, we just play it out differently. You know, two engulfment people, two guys in the same relationship, they're both going in opposite directions all the time, you know. Right. Two women right. are with, with abandonment issues, my God, they merge. And right. then, of course, it explodes because they burn, they burn each other out so quickly. Yeah. Well, this is, this is where I'm, I'm hopeful and maybe naive that the pandemic is shifting everything so that we can start to see these kind of essential skills of how to be a, a, a balanced human being and actually how to step up in the world in a way that allows you to not only take care of your own life, but also to serve or to help others. But the systems that are there, have to. we have to support the parents, we support the young kids. And that's where I would love to see money going in programs where, you know, 
people get a sense of, oh, this is how we communicate in a better way. And how I can, instead of ta attacking or instead of thinking, oh, I'm scared and I'm going to go beat somebody up. Yeah. Right. Because they look different. Judging. Until we are Sorry? We're prepared to stop judging that which we don't understand, then I'm not sure where those systems will even come into play. I think it's going to take maybe, what, 200 years, maybe 50 years. But mm -hmm. I think that it's ultimately the self, the person's responsibility, right? Yeah. In terms of, of our own individual awareness. But again, I feel that these aspects of awareness, curiosity and learning how to communicate, how to feel, that, that if that was brought in, I would love to see, you know, what the um, follow-up would be after yeah, really. years. I of that would be quite amazing. Yeah. So Hopefully that's good. where I think Maybe not. Pride is still an important, really relevant piece for all of those things. Yes, you know, it is. Of keeping it front and foremost, you know, it serves a purpose to remind us to embrace who we are, um, to be who you are. Definitely. To harm neither yourself nor others in your self-expression. I think that's probably the most important thing we're ever going to learn. And yeah. that we get to choose who it is that we want to love. Well said. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you'd like to contact us, please email us at uh, info at spiritgrows.ca. Also, to go to um, uh, www.transformationalarts.ca, and you can see what is upcoming on our radio show. Um, now, every Wednesday, the Transformational Arts College is doing their annual summer lecture series um, through to September. And that's every Wednesday. You think there's nine more mini workshops and three hours long space over the summer. You can get more, more on the website. Um, here at uh, Things Worth Considering, we're going to be doing on the Thursday before they present an interview with each of the various presenters. So it gives you a chance to hear what they're going to be talking about. Uh, you can do uh, see who the lineup of speakers are, what the subjects are, and how to register at uh, transformationalarts.ca. Um, next week on Things Worth Considering, next Thursday, July the 1st, uh, we will be welcoming Martez Shembri-Diski and her work with uh, Trauma Recovery. Uh, she's a registered massage therapist and we'll be discussing a very state-of-the-art technique that allows us to release trauma held in the body without revisiting the trauma story. Listen, and uh, this is a really breakthrough approach. So this is Gordon Rudell, excuse me, and Alexia Georgiousis here at Things Worth Considering. Have a great week, a healthy week, and we will meet you back here at 8 p.m. next Thursday. Happy Pride, everyone. Good night. Thank you for tuning into Things Worth Considering. Please join your hosts, Alexia Georgiousis and Gord Riddell, for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are.